All right, welcome to episode 48 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Shadon, and with me, as always, is Spencer Maddox. We have leveled up on the Hot Grits Podcast with Mayor Van Johnson on today's show. We'll ask him important questions like, will he endorse us in the Big Coaches Corner bowling match? Is he a pro Duran Avenue Globe mayor or not? And many, many other questions. Stick with us. We'll have that on the second half of the episode. But first, let's mix it up a little bit on the first half. Welcome to the 48th edition of the Hot Grits Podcast. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, it's like me, just like me. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, it's like me, just like me. We have come a long, long way. Spencer, we have the mayor on today's podcast. Can you believe it? What else uh, do we need dude, to achieve? I can't believe it. Honestly, like it happened. We started. It. I know we started this thing recording on our phones. Right. I mean, right when the pandemic started, right? Almost a year ago. Bro. Yeah. We're, we're at the end of this month. It's fucking nuts, dude. We, we recorded in our bathroom at one point. Like we had terrible Correct. audio. I mean, you recorded with coronavirus. Not in the same room as me, over the phone. Yeah. In just unlistenable audio. Yeah. That we have not deleted. Yeah. That we won't delete. No, you can go back and listen to it. We're just going to throw a hand up. Listen to episode one through 10. It's almost unlistenable. And here we are, not even a year later, interviewing the highest political office in Savannah, Georgia. We are the political podcast of Savannah. Obviously, they people said know we that. wouldn't fucking do it, dude. They tried to tell us that we wouldn't do it. They said, oh, you'll never be able to get your own parking spot. Oh, yeah. you'll never be able to have the mayor on your Savannah sports oh, podcast you'll named never, after a Savannah rapper. You'll never be a cult leader, they oh, tried to say. Oh, that's what they tell you. That's what they tried to tell you, dude. Not on our watch, friends. We got Mayor Van Johnson, and you are going to hear that whole interview. Come on, man. On the second half of the episode. Mm. And, of course, we asked him, because we're going to ask the tough questions. We asked him about the Durant Avenue Globe. Yes. Obviously. Yes. We got his take on that. We asked him about camouflage, our namesake for this podcast. We asked him about what else? The arena and the new hockey team, of course. Yeah. That was the main portion of the conversation. Uh, and we'll talk about that uh, just before um, that interview. We'll, we'll discuss more about the new arena, which is pretty exciting for Savannah. Right. And by the way, it's pretty hard to get a politician to say something, like any politician, not just Mayor Van Johnson, to say something definitively like that. You know what I mean? It's pretty tough. Can we? Uh, and we, we coaxed it right out of him, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. Congrats to you. Thank like, you. Congrats to you. Great question. Thank you. Uh, you'll hear it. Or he didn't tell you great question. That's I think four straight interviews we've gone without somebody saying great question. That's tough. I'll tough, tell us good, tough streak. Great question. Great question. Great question. Great question. Every That's question has been great so far. Yeah. Okay, retroactively, great question. Every single one. Yeah. Um. But Spencer, but did you think that uh, before the interview and we interviewed him, we're recording this part. A little little time warp for you. Pull back the curtain. Uh, we're recording right now on January thirty first, Sunday night. Right. Okay. Uh, we recorded with Mayor Van Johnson. Earlier this week. Yeah. So because we already had two episodes scheduled for right. last week. It's not like we could just pump it out. Correct. You know I mean? It was it was just on the heels of Chris Coakley, which that episode has gone viral. That episode is awesome because yeah. it stirred up a legendary Facebook and Twitter debate of top five players of this era in Savannah and right. all this stuff. Which I'm we I'm on, it, I'm on the Chris Coakley train, dude. I mean he came on the he came on the, the he show. He knew what he was doing too. I didn't yeah. realize at the time what he was doing, but he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like he definitely did that for a reason, and it worked. Um, I still say Cashmere has has an argument, but we won't get into that. 
Um, I, I think Spencer that at the beginning, before we recorded with him, when he when we were on hold with him, we hadn't talked to him yet. We went to a secretary, right? And we right. had the recording up, and we're on hold. It, it was for like four minutes of silence. Yeah, I was, and we couldn't really talk. You and I couldn't talk to each other, right? Because we didn't know at what second we were going to hear Mayor Johnson's voice. Like what second he was going to be like, "Hello." Yeah. And it, dude, that was an electric four minutes. Like that was electric. I, I wasn't. Word, we're yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't nervous the entire time except for those four minutes. I was like, "Oh power man, move. Dude, power move on his part." Like, what if we? What if we don't actually get this interview? We just got this hyped up for it. Like, yeah, that would suck so bad. And well, then, they led us all the way to the secretary, and then the secretary patched us through. Yeah, and then at that point, we don't get the interview. Yeah, I don't know if there'd be an episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I probably would have just wilted over. I tried that was so, so fun. Hard. It was so fun though. It was a great feeling. And, and like I said in the intro, real talk for a minute. That's because of the people that have listened straight and up. responded to the to, to us talking about sports and stupid, stupid shit. Everybody who interacts with us on Twitter, that type of thing. It's, Everyone, it's yeah, it's yeah. the G fam, dude. It was awesome. Shout out to two time uh, HGP interviewee Mike Anthony for uh, stirring that pot a little bit with yep. the Savannah Hockey Pro Hockey Team. Um, all right, we'll we'll mix up a little bit about Matt Stafford being traded. We'll give you guys a Hawks playoff segment, uh, Hawks playoff update segment. Obviously, that's what you come for. But first, I'm going to tell you guys about Coach's Corner. You know them. You love them. They are our title sponsor, and they have supported us since October of 2020. Call Coach's Corner today if you have any questions, 912-352-2933. But I'd visit them, 3016 East Victory Drive or on www.coaches.net. They have... Uh, a bunch of food, but obviously the place to be for games like the Super Bowl is Coach's Corner right. in Savannah. Um, check out the Rubbin' and Grubbin' NASCAR show with Dan Folds and Brandon Bain um, and producer Lawrence, as well as the Carl DeMossi Sports Report uh, with AD Chad Griffin. Uh, those guys do a great job, and they work their asses off to produce. Or they like it clean. Hold on. Yeah. They work their butts off to produce there we good, go. good shows every week, and there is legitimate content. On those shows, so I recommend you go subscribe and rate for anything local, man. I mean, they they knock it out of the park. If, yeah, local sports Absolutely. like to, it's Chad or it's Carl Demasi and Chad, and then everybody else. Like nobody's having yeah. the interviews and, and talking about the things that they're talking no. about, which I I respect because I know the grind of that, dude. Yeah, like, those guys work hard for that, and they're not, you know, getting, they have day jobs. Yeah, they have actual jobs where they're working like seventy hours a week. You know so. who might have a day job soon. This is a segue. Um, no, who? Uh, Jared Goff, if I had to guess. Jared Goff is now a Detroitsman. Dude. He is in Detroit now after that wild, wild trade. Yeah, like we where, knew where careers go to die, by the way, for quarterbacks, unless your name is Matt Stafford. To me, like, uh, who wants to spend – do you want to spend any time at all on Jared Goff? No, 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 no. The, like, the, the story Stafford, is Matt Stafford. I mean, it was – Well, Matt Stafford being paired with Sean McVay, I think, is yeah. like – if either if they don't succeed, it's an indictment on both of them, right? Because both of them have McVeigh is an offensive genius that hasn't had a quarterback yet. Yeah, well, that's what Staff, they say. Staff, yeah. it, right, and Stafford is a great Hall of Fame talent who hasn't, that hasn't been surrounded by yeah. any, right? And so now they're paired together. This is your shot. Um, and there's weapons on that team. There's Cam. Yeah, Wade, you I know think. What I mean? like, yeah, they're gonna. They're definitely good enough with Stafford now. Um, I, so Stafford gets traded for a third. Two firsts and Goff. And Goff. Was Goff a number one pick? Yes, number one overall pick. Two number one overall two, picks yeah. being traded. Okay. 
So for me, if you're the Rams, that is a lot to or it's if an you're the Lions, that's a lot to get back. Yes, that's a that's a it pretty seems good like package. an extreme overpay. But if it wins you a Super Bowl, if does not matter at all. The first round picks don't become too valuable if the Rams are good. Yeah. Which they presumably will be with Stafford, right? So now the Ram let's say the Rams are pretty good. Let's say the Rams are average and then really good for those two years that they get the two first round picks. Yeah. Pick number twelve overall, say, and then pick number twenty five overall to yeah. make the playoffs the other year. Yeah. Mm, I don't know that that's that. Well, the, the argument being, I mean, in football, you can draft like an impact player. Well, what? So you can I, draft an impact yeah. player at the back end. It's not like basketball. And they weren't like, going to get more than that. No, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, honestly, dude, if you would have told me that they got the Rams, two, if you would have got two second round picks and a third round pick and Jared Goff, I would still think that's an overpay. I think it's an extreme overpay for sure. But, but the that, market is set. It doesn't matter. The market set, think. and it does not matter. If they get to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. It doesn't matter what you pay. Because, right. I mean, we've discussed before, one Super Bowl is worth, one Super Bowl now is worth 10 chances at one in the future. You know what I mean? You're, that, Who gives a shit? That's a Falcons fan saying yeah. that. So, like, trust him. Yeah. Trust him. Like, you'd rather have the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, I, I just think that what it does is elevates the Watson market even more. I mean, it's going to cost you. Oh, God. An arm and a leg. Yeah. And then some. I mean, probably your dominant arm. Maybe your dominant <laughs> leg. Like, I would say, like, if you're a righty, you yeah. take both right sides. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. Stafford's 33. He's not as good of a player as Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson's 25. You're trying to... So you're, that this sets is what the mark. This is, this is uh, fake news. Stafford doesn't turn 33 until February 7th. Okay. So he's, so got, he's, eight 32. Okay. he's got eight more days. He's 32. I mean, don't try to... That's, whatever, dude. Come on. Let's get things correct here. Okay. Uh, more on the NFL. You know I'm facts our, guy, right? Yeah, you are big time facts guy. Okay. Uh, more on the NFL and our Super Bowl picks, uh, prop bets. We got a bunch of prop bets lined up, um, a bunch of gambling stuff, and, and a bunch of right. And we'll thoughts do, we'll on the that, Super Bowl. We'll do that next week with Uncle Carter, correct? Later this week. Yeah. Yeah. Later this week with Uncle Carter, probably Wednesday or Thursday release of that episode. Um, so stay tuned for that for the Super Bowl preview. Can you believe Spencer? That the Braves are still not, not going to sign anybody. not without Marcel. They're without Marcelo Zuna. Right. They are rumored to be in the mix for everyone and their brother, and they have signed no one besides a reliever in the last couple of days, Carl Edwards Jr. Instead, Nolan Arenado gets traded to the Cardinals for a bag of baseballs and a pack of peanuts. That's it. Uh, essentially, the Cardinals are going to be paying. Here's this number. Like here's this number. The Cardinals this year are going to essentially pay Nolan Arenado $15 million. That's One of the best players in baseball. That's it. $15 million. Now, you signed Cole Hamels last year for one year, $18 million. But we couldn't make... That's what this trade was, was money. The Braves yeah. have said that they don't want to come off their top prospects. It's about the future. It's about the rebuild. This was about money. You didn't have to come off of any of your top prospects. Right. The Cardinals gave up four prospects for Arenado, Spencer. Not one of them, not one of them was ranked in the baseball top 100, and not one of them was in that's the Cardinals. To, not one of them to, was a top five Cardinal prospect. That's tough to stomach, man. But it it just goes to show that the now Braves— Now, they were all top 10 Cardinals prospects. Yeah, 
it, but it was just like seven through ten. Right. It just goes to show that the Braves are legitimately reeling financially. I mean, because they are owned by a conglomerate. They're not owned by like a single person in Liberty Media. But that's it, not what they'll that's they, that's not what they're gonna tell you. But that I mean, can't be it though. That can't that can't suffice. Like what are they gonna it's do every with it? year with this shit? It's every year yeah. with this. I'm so sick of the yeah. brave and the rhetoric. And how many times have I spoken into this mic already about this problem? Like, it's just quit feeding us the lines. Just tell us what you're, you're small. You're going to operate like a small market team. Yeah. And Atlanta's not a small market. And you're cool. And you're cool with maybe, maybe getting to a World Series one day. But you're not building, like, you're not better than the Dodgers. You know it. You're not better than the Cardinals now. Yeah. You know that now. You could make an argument for two or three other teams that you're not better than in your own division. Right. You know, I don't know. It's tough. It is. It is because the window is just, and they, we're in it. Yeah, we're in they, the window. They like to, uh, they like, the reason they like those prospects is because they think they can get better than market value production for less than market value costs is, is why they try and hang on to those prospects for as long as they can. And they think that's their way of winning in what, what can be only described as a small market budget. Because they won't spend the money. It's clear. Yeah. And, and I uh, don't know if it's Anthopolis. If it, if there's no way it's Anthopolis. If it's above Anthopolis, I'll say this. He is a true company man because he is not blaming it on his higher up. And, and you know, I don't, obviously, that's not a great career move uh, to blame your boss or something like in the media. Like that wouldn't be the move, I don't think. But we've had Jeff Schultz on this podcast and he asks questions like this routinely when he gets Anthopolis. Right. You know, why haven't the Braves made moves? And Anthopolis is always like, we don't want to mortgage the future. We felt that the market was was what it was, and we didn't want to overpay. And, and all the responsible, correct things that when you read and hear, you you agree with. Right. Well, if you're but if you sit back and you look and you say Arenado didn't cost prospects, if, and, and here's another thing, Arenado has a built-in opt-in, right? Right. So he can opt out of the Cardinals this year. They might only get one year. This guy, who loves one-year deals more than Alex Anthopoulos? Yeah. Sucks. It does. And I mean they're they're clearly operating at less revenue than they were last year. I mean, by the way, they're spending because we would have already gotten another guy signed in the teens at least at a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal. But if you're a Braves fan and this is definitely inside baseball here, if you're a Braves fan, I'm not saying you should root for the pandemic. That's in no way what I'm saying, but you should root for there not to be fans in the stadium for as long as possible because this as the longer this business operates at a net loss, the more likely it is that Liberty Media will sell the team, and then we can get a winner in Atlanta. It sucks, but they're gonna have to Whoa, go. Okay, yeah. I mean, no, that's true. When you get to the back end of that argument, like that, yeah. take. So I want there to your, be fans in the stadium. Your don't, take don't is that the Braves cannot win as long as Liberty Media. Is not that winner. they cannot win; it's just extremely. The they're not shows that they won't. This, they're extremely unlikely to spend the necessary money to get. Here's what I want. I want the Braves to go into a season during this window. Yeah. Which I believe began last year. I would argue 2019, but we would all argue. Last year, for sure. So let's give them till 2024. Okay. A five season window. If the Braves don't enter one of these seasons as the clear cut favorite, something's wrong. They cannot keep going into the season as. Good enough, but not quite the best. Right. Give yourself a shot at least one of these times. It, I would hope it happens soon. I will. We'll I will see. say this for the Braves: a lot of people are saying that they got worse, and that makes a lot of sense because you're losing Ozuna. 
But you got to remember that you're adding back in arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball to a team that almost just went to the World Series. We have, so, we have disagreed on this since the Soroka injury. Yeah. I mean, so, we don't know what's, what he's going to look like. Gonna buy, yeah, but I'm not. Like, Soroka no longer is a guarantee. Yeah, he's, he's not a guarantee. Maybe once but, I see him pitch once. Yeah. Then I'm but at, there's at least a chance that they don't get worse, right? There's at least a chance that the I pitching think go improves. Into the season this year, right now, on this day, it looks like he got worse for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. The with cleanup you. hitter is Travis Darno. Yeah. Like, that's your guy, Travis Darno. Darno! No, 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 no. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we'll get to the Van Johnson interview very, very soon. But I uh, wanted to shout out our guy, Mark DeRosa, real quick, uh, if we could. Mark DeRosa uh, was on our podcast when, what episode, 29, Spencer? Uh, I think it was early 30s. I'm not sure about that. Well, we'll get uh, an intern to go check on that Yeah, soon, what episode it was. But uh, professional gambler with big-time press this week and big-time money on the bucks like you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he had a little bit more money on the bucks well, dude, than I did. He was on ESPN, yeah. uh, like a full story, and he is on um, ESPN2 on their, bet, on their gambling show. On their gambling TV show. It was episode 29. Yeah. yeah. September 30th. One hell of a bet, man. He bet $8,000 that the Buccaneers would go to the Super Bowl before they signed Tom Brady. I think at like something like 100 to 1 odds, maybe 50 to 1 odds, it paid out close to a quarter of a million dollars, and he's not quite done. It was either, even better odds for them to win the Super Bowl. So, I mean... You go ahead and do the math there. I'm not sure what he has bet on them there, but it was cool to see somebody that we've interviewed be on ESPN2 of all places. That was nuts. Yeah, here's the story on ESPN.com. It's called, quote, Big Bucks. Better's calculated risk on Tom Brady's move to Tampa pays off play. Uh, professional better Mark DeRosa was on a plane back from Atlantic City is how it starts. So you know that the the story is electric to begin with. Like yeah. this is cool as shit to see someone that we interviewed and it's it's a come up for sure because DeRosa not only has like I mean the press that he's getting this week I would argue is like valuable more valuable than anything he could win I would argue that I really would uh that anything he could win this weekend but the fact of the matter is that he can win a lot of money this weekend on the Super Bowl and we're rooting for him yeah um the end of the story and you should go read it uh, here's DeRosa's quote to David Purdom uh we had about 11,000 or so to win 400,000 on the NFC title, on the NFC championship. So that's in the bank. Bucks won the NFC championship. Quote, we've got another 8,000 or $9,000 to win the Super Bowl at 60 to 1. Good Lord. So he says, so quote, we've got money. another 8,000 or 9,000. He doesn't even know. Eight. Could be 8, could be 9. 60 to 1 odds. Sheesh. For um, for the newbies out there, just do some multiplying. Yeah. Of eight thousand or nine thousand times sixty, figure that one out. So nearly a million dollars all told. Yeah, a lot of money, dude. Yeah, a lot of money. I, I could know. use that. We have potential bar tabs on the line. This yeah, weekend. yeah, yeah. This Big guy, time bar tab money. Like this guy has, dare I say, uh, like generational wealth money. Right, like allowed to do things that other people are not allowed to do, like allowed to break laws. <laughs> that's so much money i'm just reeling from reading that out loud um hawks segment watch spencer three two one hawks playoff seed hawks playoff seed we're at we're at the six still man we won one game and we look dominant doing it i granted it was the worst team in the league 
Granted, they played like shit, but I mean, we did lose DeAndre Hunter, so I don't know. I'm keeping him at Hawk seed, Hawk ceiling six. If Hunter's out for an extended period of time, we'll go seven. I'm Astros updating there. it. I'm updating mine. I was an eight seed last week. It's a seven seed. Now. Okay, let's go. These guys are getting really good at basketball now. They have five straight home games. Yep. In the farm. Yep. On the farm. Down on the farm in Atlanta. They start Monday night with the LA Lakers and LeBron Lakers, James. Yeah. Ever heard of them? Uh, big deal. But five straight home games, and I would say the Hawks are only going to be favored in maybe two of them. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough slate coming up, but right now— We get to see who they are. Right, right now, seven seed, and I won't change it the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never we get it. We get to see who this Hawks team really is, and it's going to be tough to come out of this without like going one and four, two and three. If they do, with uh, granted, without their second best player— if they do, I mean, watch out for this team too. They're starting to they're starting to put it together. They really are, and they're sitting at ten and nine right now, I believe. Watch yeah, out, dude. Yeah, ten and nine overall. They've won watch five, out, they've baby. Won five of six, and Trey Young is absolutely bucketing dudes. Did you see our guy Patty Reed? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Patrick Reed can't stop cheating, bro. <laughs> he can't stop cheating. It's, Roy McIlroy did the same thing. It's nonsense. It's it's nonsense. But no, didn't Roy. Wait, McElroy did the same thing. What do you yeah, mean? You didn't see that quote from uh, Patrick Reed? You'll have to Google it. It's not something I just have no. like written down. I he did. basically accused uh, Roy McElroy of doing the exact same thing. He tweeted. It was on Patrick uh, Reed's that's, Twitter. That's tough because McElroy has such a good rep. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Reed won today. He's live right now at his press conference at Torrey Pines. He just won. Isn't that, that, that is so nuts that this guy won and cheated. Oh, I hate this guy. So I break it down. Break it down fully for our listeners. He walks up to his ball um, yesterday on Saturday at Torrey Pines at the Farmers Insurance, and uh, the ball they're playing lift clean in place. Right. So you can come up and mark your ball in the fairway, move it. He's up by the green, sort of, and his ball is embedded in the ground, and you're allowed to pick it up out of the ground even if you're not in the fairway, right? If it's embedded. So he picks up the ball, marks it, sets it down, play, places it ne- next to where his ball was. Then calls for a rule official. Tells the rule official, this is where the ball was. Put your finger in this hole and see if you think the ball is embedded. And the rule official says, well, where's your ball? Like, it, was your ball in there? And he was like, yeah, well, I picked it up and moved it over here and then called for you because I wanted you to come check. And it's just like, what? What's going on here? How is he talking his way out of this? <laughs> he got out of it. He didn't. He wasn't assessed a stroke penalty. He wasn't assessed anything. And it's Patrick Reed, who we already know has a history of it. It was like the most on-brand thing I had ever seen. You know what would have been crazy? What would have made headlines was that Patrick Reed, if he walked up to that ball and didn't cheat. Yeah. If he walked up to that ball and played the, correctly and played with honor. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's hard to knock a guy for being himself at a certain point, right? Like. Uh, somebody has to step to in. The brand. Yeah, somebody has to step in and do something about that, dude. I mean, the 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 Roy McIlroy quote, and you have to look that up on Twitter later on, was really funny, man. He was like, "Roy did the exact same thing," and it's in all caps, like just perfect, perfect. I saw it on uh, I saw it on his one of his Instagram posts. <laughs> so funny, and, and he tweeted it from his own account too. Yeah, that, all caps. That's what's wild is that. He didn't let somebody else do it for him. An all-caps tweet from a professional athlete, a professional golfer at that. Oh, here it is. Here we go. Uh, it was a response to something which has been deleted since, but here's Patrick's response to a tweet that I don't know. Roy McIlroy did the same thing today on hole 18, exclamation point. 
<laughs> and didn't even call a rules official over to deem the ball embedded. End of story. Period. All caps. Not a bad tweet if you're going to win. I mean, hell. If you're going to win, that was the right play. You could argue that it was the smart play and prudent play. Is Patrick Reed smarter than the rest of us? Hey, Spitzer, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. If your tooth is hurting, who do you call? What profession do you call? I think that'd be the dentist. You call the dentist, right? You don't pull your own tooth. No. If you have a problem with anything in your house, right. you need some home improvement stuff, you don't do it yourself. You no, call, absolutely not. Who would you call? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think you're about to tell me. I think I'd call Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah. That's B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah is your spot for anything home improvement. Inside your house, outside your house, on top of your house, below your house. Tony at Bewley Oaks is your guy. Call him 912-667-5235. 912-667-5235. Call Tony and tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. All right, we'll get now to our Van Johnson interview. Van Johnson, the 67th mayor of Savannah, sat down with us. Didn't sit down with us, but he was sitting down. We were sitting down, and we talked over the phone. I'm assuming he was sitting down. Yeah. It, was, it would be really weird if he was just standing up at his desk the entire time. It was like a pretty long interview. Yeah. Well, it gets pretty hyped, so I wouldn't be excited. That's I true. Be, uh, we confirmed that Mayor Johnson is an avid listener of the Hot Grits podcast. Absolutely. Uh, we asked him the difficult questions about the Globe and about uh, our upcoming Coach's Corner bowling match. Here's a hint. He picks us to win, obviously. Because he's, he's smart. smart. Smart guy. Yeah. Smart person. Yeah. Um, but before we get to the interview, Spencer, I wanted to touch on a few things, Okay. When, when our listeners hear this, they're going to hear a few things, and I want to just clear up a, a couple of them. When we talk about the Savannah Bananas and Grayson Stadium and the Savannah Sand Nats leaving town in relation to the new professional team, uh, the new professional hockey team that's coming in October of 2022 to Savannah, when we talk about that, Mayor Johnson um, responds and says that it wasn't a controversial move out of Savannah. I, I like, for me, I was on the grounds crew at the Sand Nats for six years. Right. The final six years they were there. Um, and so, like, I, I was there every day as a ballpark, and I saw it from the very beginning, and I knew the people involved in this. I'm, I'm very qualified to talk about this. Like, few people would be more invested in this than I am. It was controversial. It was a big deal, and it was argued, and there were mistakes made on both sides. When right. the Sand Nats left. And if you are a sports fan of Savannah, like, I think it is a, it's pretty important to stay well-versed on this as far as the arena and the stadium and how those two venues either rise or fall together over the next 10 years. Yeah. Savannah. Like, I just think that's an interesting thing to track the professional hockey team in a brand-new arena versus the college summer baseball team. And I, they won't ever be versus, but... Yeah, just in That's terms an of yeah, just in terms of like attendance and we'll see what you know, Savannah support. really is. And it, you're right, I, but I did understand why he said that. Like For he's sure. hold, he's holding the line, but you're right. I I mean, just as a local one that wasn't even really tapped into the Sandnats leaving, I knew there was controversy. That's why I asked the question. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And Mayor um, Johnson was heavily involved in the new when he was an alderman. The new stadium that was proposed at the Savannah River Landing Site, right. which is just off of at the end of the parkway on President Street, which has been the city former city council members have already said this, um, including Sprague, 
Mary Ellen Sprague. That Savannah River Landing site was a blemish for the Savannah City Council. That was a fail. And, and it was, they regret it. Right. They regret doing that. So this new arena that's there, Mayor Johnson was heavily involved in, in the stadium, originally maybe coming, and then he got perturbed that the Sand Nats were already looking at Columbia and that Columbia built them a brand new stadium. So I wanted to clear that up. Like, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of understand what he says if you're not well versed on it. Right, and he did also. The Nats left in twenty after the twenty fourteen season for Columbia for a brand new stadium. Yeah, they're a professional organization. If they leave for a new stadium and you won't build them one, I I understand. That. Yeah, you know what I mean. He also accidentally said, but "I understand Savannah not building a new." One. Yeah, I understand both sides. That's why I said I understand when he said that. Um, there was also one time he accidentally referred to the bananas as the sand nats. Whenever yeah, he, he said was the sand nats won multiple championships. And- yeah, he he meant to say the bananas. Um, and we didn't correct him. That's that's on us. But we were kind of just wrapped up in what we were doing as well. For sure. Um, uh, there's one thing about the Hawks uh, that he says that one plan maybe potentially was that uh, that that the Hawks developmental league would be coming to Savannah. We asked him about that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that was um, crazy. And then, uh, of course, we asked him about Camouflage, the rapper. So that's pretty awesome. All right. This is it. This is it. We got an interview with the mayor. Right. Right after we're done talking here. Nuts. You guys follow us at Podcast Grits, uh, at Jadon Sports, hotgritspod at gmail.com is the email, and Instagram, thehotgrits. Stay tuned next week for our episode, or later this week for our episode with Uncle Carter. Uh, Super Bowl preview and a bunch of betting. Yeah. Follow me. On Twitter, at Spencer Maddox underscore. Follow us on Instagram, at The Hot Grits. Travis, take it away, bud. Stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy, filthy animals. Peace. New arena scheduled to open in October of 2022 um, on Savannah's west side. Uh, Wednesday, as we record this on Thursday, yesterday you had your press conference announcing, um, along with several city council members, the Arrival of a new Savannah Pro Hockey team, members of the ECHL, um, and I've heard other people describe it as sort of the equivalent to Double A baseball. Um, if you're thinking about farm systems in that sport, uh, for for right. you for you guys, Mayor Johnson, were were other tenants uh, explored other than this Savannah Pro Hockey team? Um, and if so, how did that process work? Where you guys narrowed it down uh, it, to kind of find each other as a match? Well, we have a relationship with what's called the Oakview Group, and the Oakview Group is a company hired by the city to manage and operate the new Savannah Arena. Um, And so they are involved with several um, new arena construction projects, so they're um, very, very uh, astute to uh, arena construction. Um, I really would have loved for Savannah to be the home of the Atlanta Hawks Developmental League. Um, we were a little slow in getting that. They built a facility outside of Atlanta. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, hockey is a popular sport. Uh, not so much in Savannah, but we do have annual hockey events that have been uh, very, very popular. And so um, we have a what's called the Coastal Plain League. It's like a step up from college, but a step down from minor league baseball that's wildly successful here in Savannah. Right. And so, um, you know, professional ice hockey here, even on the minor league level, um, I think is uh, very interesting. 
Um, and I think that, you know, the the goal of it is beyond the game of hockey, but it's also about the entertainment venue. And so we're looking forward to them coming here, and we're looking forward to uh, being a part of um, the ECHL. Yeah, and along those lines, Mayor Johnson, when the Bananas came, and you were on city council during the whole Savannah Sandnats leaving and Bananas arriving, or the Coastal Plain League Correct. team at that time, you know, we didn't know that they were the Bananas yet. Has has that process or that the way that that's turned out, I would say that that's a success, right? I mean, the, the way that, that, that that's worked out with the Bananas? Well, I think if you remember very clearly, uh, the word was that baseball was going to be dead in Savannah forever when the Sand Nets left. Yeah, it was um, June The reality day. is is that um, the minor league team in Columbia uh, is shut down, was shut down last season, and the Savannah Sand Nets have not only won uh, championships, they've also broken attendance records uh, in Savannah's Grayson Stadium. So... Um, I think that Savannah is an interesting town enough that um, if you give them something they want to see, people will come. And so in this case, we will have, a, um, I think, a good rivalry between teams that we're going to be beating real soon. Um, I think one is called the Gladiators in Atlanta that we'll beat, the uh, South Carolina Stingrays that we're going to beat, the Glenville Swamp Rabbits that we're going to beat, and the Jacksonville Icemen. We're going to beat them as well. So uh, it creates some natural rivalries for us. Um, and Savannah is a good middle point for all of those places. I love that. I love that we're already creating rivalries with teams that we've never played before. But, yeah, I, I already hate the Jacksonville team, the Charleston team, all those guys. Well, I, exactly. I mean, in fact, some of these guys came here yesterday wearing Jacksonville stuff, and, you know, we almost put them out of our city. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we're saying that we're, we're going to be serious about this. Um, Oakview Group has to make our arena profitable. Um, and, you know, I think that what I like most about um, the RU hockey um, is that they've been able to really um, do well to build community trust and engagement, particularly with young people. Um, the arena is in uh, a city that is majority minority and a majority minority community. Um, and so this is an opportunity to also introduce a, a generation of young people uh, to not only ice skating, uh, but also hockey. Uh, we know what uh, introducing people, exposing them to soccer did for soccer. And I think hockey could be an opportunity uh, for it. Also, as you know, it gets kind of hot here in Savannah. So having some ice around might not be a bad thing. Right. And uh, Mayor true. Johnson, this is uh, Spencer. I'm the co-host on the show. Um, I did have a... I did have a question. Uh, I loved the press conference. I thought it was absolutely electric, and you had a lot of confidence in the team. I did want to know, uh, and I thought I thought this this kind of stuck out to me. What makes you guys so confident that you can turn Savannah into a hockey town? Uh, given that our last pro team, the Sand Nats, did not go over well, and it kind of ended in controversy there. Well, I mean, first of all, it was no controversy. They left. Um, yeah. We're not trying to turn to. We are, we're not trying to turn Savannah into a hockey city. Savannah is Savannah all by itself. And I think what makes Savannah unique is that Savannah has a bunch of other things going on. And so, you know, for those who live here or want to come here, there is plenty of things to, to enjoy. And so hockey is a part of that. 
Um, you know, I'm not sure we would call Savannah a baseball team, but but Savannah loves the Savannah Bananas. Right. I won't necessarily say that Savannah would be a um, would necessarily be a hockey team, but I believe that the Savannah hockey team um, will be well received. And again, it'll be a great opportunity to show that you know Savannians have varied interests and they can enjoy uh, those sports. Obviously, the research has been done. Um, you know, people are putting money into this venture. Uh, we expect to get our arena to be profitable, and you know, we'll 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 see what happens. I mean, I think you have to continue to try, and so you keep you try, you experiment, you see what works, and so this is an opportunity for us to see it. And you know, if and when it works well, um, people want you know wondering, wow, when did we start this? I mean, I mean, you know. In comparison, I mean, people, you know, when you hear people say Sandnats, people say Sandnat too. Right, right. And, and you know, <laughs> Mayor Johnson, having worked at the Savannah Morning News and covering the, the bananas for two years, uh, I kind of saw that transition. And, and I'll admit I was skeptical. I think I was in the majority of people that were skeptical about, uh, you know, some league called Coastal Playing League. But, but it's been a resounding success, and Savannah has responded, obviously, with extreme sellout streaks and, and national media attention with the bananas. But, but the bananas have done two things. They've won on the field and they've also created a product and an entertainment that's, that's basically appointment uh, events. You got, you got to plan ahead if you want to go to a game. Uh, it's a roundabout way of asking, is the hockey team going to be dependent on whether it wins or not, whether it's a success or will it be whether the community shows out the way they do it in, you know, at the bananas games. Does that make sense? Like, does the winning yeah. necessarily? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a New York Knicks fan. The Knicks have not really ever won lately. You got to trust Yet the process. Madison Square, They're Mad, coming back. Madison Square Garden is always sold out. Now, you know, that is, I think, so I think that is part of it. I think, you know, I think we expect to win. I think we will win, but I think it's also about the experience. Many people go to these games, particularly the, the um, Bananas games, and they don't know a thing about baseball. Yeah. But they come to enjoy the ambience of Historic Grace Stadium. They come to enjoy um, the fun at the game. And, you know, in the end, they, you know, well, they say, oh, look, the Savannah Bananas uh, got a touchdown. You know, but you know, all they know is that we're winning. So um, I'm hoping that we will have a cadre of, of young, um, aspiring professionals that one day we'll see uh, in the pro leagues um, that got their start here in Savannah. I mean, when you look at, you know, here uh, when we had the Savannah Braves, people like Dale Murphy who played here, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you say, wow, you know, we don't know what new stars we're looking at. So, um, you know, I'm optimistic. Again, I think that it is worth a try. And I think, you know, if we win or when we win and when we take down Atlanta and South Carolina and Greenville and, and Jacksonville, um, you know, I think we'll be a force to record right now. I think it'll be hard not to come. Yeah, I loved the quote uh, when you said that the worst thing they could have done is to let Savannah in their league. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, they did it to their own detriment. I mean, yeah. we're going to have to build a, a, a cabinet to put all our cups in. I mean, we, we don't, that's good. That's going to be our expectation um, that our team, once we, um, you know, staff up, will be with. And we're going to uh, look forward to um, having a team that's going to do well uh, in this league.
All right, thank you guys for listening to our interview with Van Johnson. We'll get you right back to the second portion of that interview soon. But first, I'll tell you guys about John Carr Real Estate. John Carr in Savannah is the real estate guru, and he is who you call if you need to sell or buy real estate in Savannah. Commercial, residential, can be in the Savannah area, Richmond Hill, Pooler. But call him. He's a Savannah native, and he's an expert in the field. We can't recommend him enough. 912-228-0916 and 6349 Abercorn Street. Find him on Facebook and visit his website, johncarrealty.com. When you go, tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. John Carr Real Estate in Savannah, 912-228-0916. Mayor Johnson, do you, and I don't know how involved the city or you would be you know, individually in this. Uh, do you envision that the arena would at some point be used and utilized by the Savannah-Chatham County public school system um, not just like graduations and things of that sort, but maybe basketball events or, or you know, other athletic events like that. And I, I know Macon has always had a stronghold on the GHSA basketball tournament. Um, and certainly that this new arena in Savannah w- would. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we built this with a long game in mind. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about um, high school level, college level, uh, tournament level. Um, you know, this would be a state of the art arena. Um, where we could do regional play um, and, and we could do playoff play. So I think that, you know, colleges will find um, our arena um, attractive for a variety of reasons. It, it may not have the, the capacity, but it'll certainly have um, the depth and wherewithal um, to be able, and again, people like coming to Savannah. Um, and so for our industries here, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, and for our locals here, again, that they have something else for um, for families and, and people to do, young people to do. And so we're excited about that. I mean, you know, we host, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, and uh, was it Florida State yeah. every year, um, you know. And so, and this is a wildly popular uh, event on an annual basis. Um, you know, we could, uh, in addition to this, you know, invite other um you know, college teams here to come and play. We could um, be a place of exhibition games. Um, we could be um, in, um, particularly in this new environment, perhaps even an environment for some uh, teams to come here, professional teams, and do exhibition games. So I, mean, I think the sky's the limit. I think this opens up a, a plethora of opportunities for us, and I'm just excited about you know, what this could mean for us. Mayor Johnson, we won't keep you too much longer, but I, I did want to ask you about and and sort of you know doing my homework. I I saw the the camouflage documentary and the and people that listen to this podcast know camouflage and and, and kind of the story around his death in two thousand and three. But I know that you were involved in the documentary on YouTube that that was released and made about him a few years ago. I, I wanted to ask you, yeah. having looked or having had you know, almost 17, well, I guess 17 years now, 18 years of time in between that event and now, is it still as significant? And is it, was that sort of a turning point for Savannah and that whole scene? I know you were pretty in touch with that. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the interesting thing for that is that I, I gauge that every time I look at his beautiful daughter, who's actually quite a basketball player yes. and, and a rapper and a, a straight A student. Um, no, he, he is still, and I think he's grown only in legend uh, here in Savannah. Um, 
You know, when you hear when you hear the song Cut Friends, you hear that bass line, um, you know, no matter where you are, it's just like people just hear it, particularly in Savannah and other places in the state I've heard it. People just like, oh, okay, here it is. You know, a young man uh, from this community, uh, absolutely gone too soon, um, but, you know, left a legacy of music um, for folks to be able to enjoy. What, what's uh, what's the most recent thing on Van Johnson's playlist on Spotify or, or Apple Music? What are you listening to these days? Oh man, um, <laughs> what have I been listening? Besides to? the Hot Grits podcast, yeah, other than that. Oh, whoa, 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 of course, absolutely. Um, I've actually just been um, I've been trying to follow my uh, New Year's resolution to work out more. So it's it's really been. Um, um, if you're familiar with New York and house music, it's been like house music. It's been house music and it's been um, books. Um, one lately has just been um, it's the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership um, by John Maxwell. And so I listened to that in That's between. That's a name. I know John Maxwell. Um, yeah. Listening to music. Oh, yeah, man. He, yeah, he, he's awesome. So, um, you know, I try to listen to those where I can. And, you know, then at other times I'm listening to meditation music to you know, stop my head from hurting right. <laughs> with all this stuff going on. Keep well, me in the zone. Well, Mayor Johnson, we'll, we'll close up with you. Um, again, appreciate you taking time with us. You know, we're honored to have you on. Um, you're a Savannah State graduate, and I covered, uh, when I was at the Morning News, I covered Savannah State and, and Georgia Southern and had a chance to talk to Mayor DeLoach uh, when sort of the Savannah State football revival and and them moving from D1 to D2 and just before last season, which was their most successful season in 30 plus years. And I, I remember asking Mayor DeLoach how important Savannah State's identity was uh, to, to this city and how important it was that they be successful in athletics and, and otherwise. Do, do you keep up with Savannah State and, and kind of their turnaround already? And do you, do you agree with Mayor DeLoach that that is pretty valuable to the city? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not only a proud graduate of Savannah State, um, you know, Savannah State is, um, you know, Savannah School. Um, you know, Savannah State was here first. Um, I think the important thing to recognize, and I, I kind of had my concerns about moving down. I felt like we could have split um, designations. I think that in football, we're clearly more comfortable D2. I think basketball and baseball, um, we were competitive in D1. Yeah. Um, and volleyball, I think we were competitive in, in D1. And so, um, you know, but I understand that, you know, it's not fun to go around the country to get paid to get your behind beat, um, you know, by people who are, you know, third strings on other people's teams. I mean, you know, we want to be able to win. We want to be able to recruit. And so I was so proud that, you know, we had a winning season and, and, and be it for technicality, you know, we should have had the um, SIC crown. Um, we weren't able to get it, but the fact was, was that, you know, we were undefeated in our division. So maybe that division one experience has helped yeah. us. Um, you know, we recognize again, this, these are opportunities for young people uh, who uh, grow up in this community to be able to play here locally for people to see them locally. Um, and we recognize that, you know, Savannah State is a part of the community. The community is a part of Savannah State. And so, um, you know, it's, it's very important to me that, you know, Savannah State is successful. Um, everybody likes a winning team. And so um, we, we were winning, and so I'm good with it. 
right, Mayor, uh, Mayor Johnson, we'll close with you on this. I got one more, and then Spencer, I'll I'll let you uh, ask one more if you got one. Yep. Um, we I don't. You probably already heard this. Uh, pretty major news that we're doing a coaches corner uh, bowling for charity event at the end of February uh, for help save one of our own charity. And having uh, yeah. known us for now all of almost 20 minutes, uh, can we get your uh, support for that event? And by support, I just mean, will, will you pick us to win if you're ever asked about it in any media interviews <laughs> or anything like that? Uh, well, who else is playing? All right. So there's a golf podcast, uh, they are like young forties, and for for clarity, we're both uh, twenty nine years old. Uh, best shape of our okay. lives. I'm in twenty. Uh, I'm twenty eight. Uh, then we got Carl Demasi and Chad Griffin, a um, couple of uh, OGs or veterans, uh, which are we've said on this podcast synonyms for old guys. Yeah. And then right. um, and then we have uh, Rubbin and Grubbin, a NASCAR show. Uh, so it's basically us versus those. Man, y'all better, y'all better win. Y'all better win. Right? Yeah, it's a lot of pressure yeah, on yeah. us, and we. I mean, obviously, people are talking about it in, in higher up circles, <laughs> but uh, okay. So I think that's clarity enough. Mayor Johnson has picked. Go, 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 go hard. Go hard now. Go hard. Thank you, sir. Spencer, do you want? And to yet, uh, Mayor, we'll close with this. Uh, you and Travis talked about it earlier, but I did want to ask just definitively: Can we say that we're a we're a pro uh, Durant Avenue Globe podcast? Pro Globe. Could I get you to say that you're a pro Globe mayor? <laughs> My name is Van Johnson. I'm the 67th mayor of the city of Savannah, and I am a pro Globe mayor. Let's go! That's all we needed. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor Johnson, and we, and we look forward to uh, to tracking you guys uh, and the arena and the development. And good luck to you guys uh, in your second year in office. All right. Well, very good, and hopefully, you know, maybe y'all can cover some of these games. Oh, we'll be uh, there. Oh, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. All right. Thank you. Take it easy. All right. <laughs>